Welcome back everyone, it's Nathan here, founder of Nurse Wellbeing Mission and your host for the podcast. It's nice and sunny now in the UK and I've just come back from a holiday so I'm feeling very, very refreshed as I bring you this episode. So, are you a nurse or midwife who has a grand idea in your mind, perhaps something that you think might shake up the world of healthcare, improve things in a dramatic way, but you've got self-doubt or some other barriers that are stopping you from breaking away from what you're doing right now to live that dream. Well, I think there's probably a lot of people out there who are like this and they're kind of stuck in a traditional career mould within the nursing or midwifery profession. Well, in today's episode, I'm interviewing Herman Jutler, who is another inspirational person who had a grand idea, and he left his traditional nursing role despite reaching career success relatively early on as a young person, and left to start up his own company and become an entrepreneur. And he is someone who I really respect for what he's done and for what he's attempting to do within the world of healthcare. And I think that his story will be inspiring for many people. And I think the reason this is important for well-being is because personal growth is such an important area of our well-being. And many people get stuck in a particular career path and they don't really grow. They kind of stagnate a little bit. They may get career progression and promotions, but they're not really doing what you might consider their calling. And Hemen is someone who really broke away to do what he believes is his calling. And it really is inspiring listening to his story. So I'll let Hemen tell you all about his journey himself. Quick few bits of housekeeping before I do that. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do so at underscore nurse wellbeing mission. If you'd like to get more free wellbeing resources and tips and tricks from me, feel free to head over to our free Facebook group. It's Nurse and Midwife Wellbeing Mission. And you can also follow me on Twitter. It's at Nurse Wellbeing. Final thing that is, I guess, really important and exciting to announce is recently I ran a free online masterclass for nurses and midwives. It was called Calm in the Storm. And it was amazing. I basically delivered what I consider the condensed version of the past 10 years or so of my own personal journey of learning to work constructively with stress and improving how we respond to stress. This is my own personal journey and also work that I do with clients. And I condensed that down and have provided a really helpful masterclass for nurses and midwives. So if you want to check that out, you can register for that on our website www.nursewellbeingmission.com and you'll find it on there go ahead take a look and especially if you're someone who feels they don't really deal that well with stress it'll be super helpful for you anyway so without much further ado i bring you today's guest heman jutler Evan, thanks so much for joining me on Nurse Wellbeing Mission podcast. It's great to talk to you again. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm all right, thanks. Busy as ever. New Year kind of always kicks off something, and Christmas is always the busiest time for business. So, uh, But I'm not too bad. Sun's shining, as you can see, so it's nice. Yes, as we were just saying, you're nice and sun-drenched in that mm. February sun. Yeah. Enjoy it while you have it, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
so I was really looking forward to this conversation. I think you've got a really interesting background and sort of where you've come to now with your career. But for listeners, why don't you just fill us in on your journey, where you've come from, why you went into nursing to begin with, and some of the roles that you, you worked in and, and what led you to where you are now? So starting off, why did I get into nursing? I'm not really sure. <laughs> it's quite a weird one. Like I wasn't overly that typical, stereotypical story of like I was so caring and then it led me into the profession. It was just my calling on what to do. I think it more found me rather than and my, I found it, um, which was an amazing experience. Actually, I did a four year master's and that almost set the tone of what nursing would be because you kind of have to do all the credits needed for a master's degree but also then 2,500 hours of clinical practice embedded within that four years. So it was incredibly arduous, definitely. And again, that set the tone of work ethic of how kind of nursing I thought would be, which is quite cool. Um, but along that period, learning how to care, and I think foundationally learning about it from foundations of care I mean the first year of nursing is about that and it's little things of helping people with personal care and helping people who can't do certain things and that was incredibly humbling obviously um I studied in Nottingham and I visited a number of places which I'd never experienced before and all different walks of life and different homes and um and that gave me an like an amazing experience about broadness and the kind of scope of what nursing can span and that kind of just drove me into wanting to do better I mean I didn't really do amazing at school like I didn't work really hard I was one of those kids that kind of messed around but I think probably found myself at university a bit as, as they say and then kind of left and then went into work the bad work, work working world right? so I had tried a few places um, and I did some like agency shifts and um nhs and private and then settled a job actually in the private sector uh, quite early on in my career which is not the typical route i think but i think what it did allow me to do which i saw at the time but also looking back now is individualize my learning so i really then could learn and understand what i didn't know and then go to kind of fill those gaps but understanding healthcare as a holistic thing rather than just the task of nursing um, and I think that's definitely what being at university did as well. I'm definitely doing a master's degree, kind of get that critical thinking of to analyze processes and systems and see, okay, well, how can that be better? So I was never one for the, oh, it's always been done that way, or okay, that's going to take too long to change a process. It was like, well, is it? <laughs> is it really? So I definitely went in with that mindset. I made it to charge nest within kind of three years, three and a half years, which was great. It was definitely an honor to be in a navy blue which was definitely a kind of i don't know a kind of visionary moment that you kind of want to get to a kind of one of those pinch me moments especially university because you have different grades of blue depending on what grade you are so getting to that was amazing and then i stayed there for a couple of years and worked through a different kind uh different units from day surgery to medical surgical and then an outpatient center as well so definitely got an experience for it and then i left and now and then i started my own company uh, so we can both talk about now or talk about that bit, like, in a bit but that kind of my journey so I've been nursing now for 2013 so 10 years <laughs> amazing so I've done quite a bit but not also done a lot yet because I understand my career is so long to go 
Well, it's incredible that you've broken away and, and started your own thing. And yeah, let's come back to that in a little while. We'll definitely delve into it. Something I'm curious to know about is you mentioned about you're someone who likes to improve systems and processes. And I, that's something that's been the same with me in, in different settings that I've worked in within healthcare. And I guess I'm interested to know what your experience was in some of those previous roles you had of perhaps how ineffective or maybe burdensome systems and processes impacted well-being of you you or your colleagues like were there things that created unnecessary stress and was that something that you were looking to improve upon or was it more focused on patient outcomes for example uh, i think it's a cycle right healthcare in essence is a person delivered service so it's you focus just on the patient it's like a, we want the best outcomes for the patient what do you look back to it has to be the people caring for them right mm-hmm. so then you kind of start seeing that and say okay we can take care of them they'll take care of them i think that's a really important thing which i think is overseen obviously by, by politicians and the way the healthcare system is probably structured doesn't kind of account for that and getting the different experiences of different people you're bringing a melting pot of people who are working in a very pressurized environment to achieve quite high outcomes which are probably the highest outcomes because it's like well with people's lives like it's not it's when people say it in a saying it's like well it's not people's lives is it we're not making well it is and so i think that's such an important understanding which can be overlooked so much and i think people understanding that people have their own lives within that so seeing patients as people but seeing nurses as people as well and who have their own kind of problems going on and trying to manage that I think on a daily basis is quite difficult in some ways but it's also incredibly rewarding I think as a team when you come together uh was probably one of the first things that I saw in nursing and that's such a, a kind of beautiful thing and when you were a charge nurse in your previous role you made it to that position you were obviously responsible for a number of other junior staff I imagine what did you do as a a leader in that organization to take care of your staff and thinking about their well-being was it specific conversations you had ways you would support them what was your sort of general approach I think a quite a young charge nurse I Mm. couldn't really fall back on experience as much I think where my confidence was was probably in my competence as a nurse and where I worked we kind of had a turnover of staff or agency staff so it kind of really helped me along that my clinical competence was there for them so at that stage of my career I was there to be able to teach clinical staff tasks and teach junior staff on recognizing deteriorating patients and all that because especially in private healthcare it's very different because on NHS you have a junior doctor kind of on the ward all the time and you have this kind of level of hierarchy where it's private healthcare it's consultant delivered care and you have one doctor for the whole hospital who's covering but actually it's just nurse nurses so your role kind of stands into junior doctor level f1 f2 level in terms of okay the consultant can't come until six o'clock and the patient's on well at one we should probably do blood tests so they're back for six o'clock rather than wait and then it kind of carries on so making those clinical decisions but probably my early early days the way that I supported staff the most and knowing what I didn't know always knowing that there's someone above me that I could ask or point someone in the right direction and say okay 
actually I learned that or you need to speak to this person about this and putting your hands up saying I don't know I think is like knowing your limits in some way so important isn't it yeah to put our hands up sometimes and I think it's incredibly powerful for people who are working with us when the leader actually says you know I don't actually have all the answers but perhaps you can direct people to where to get them from or problem solve something together we're talking about your uh your, your previous work as a charge nurse and uh some of the the things that you would do as a leader thinking about well-being now you've moved into this really exciting new position as an entrepreneur and uh, and leading a team of people in a kind of slightly different capacity so let's just sort of tell us a bit more about what you're doing now so now after leaving kind of private healthcare after seeing that little patients deserve better um there's so many gaps in people's healthcare who they just don't know their way to navigate the actual kind of system and blowing between NHS and private and getting lost somewhere in between. So I, when I left, I started a CQC registered private district nursing and health concierge service. And that we provide community services privately to patients going from blood tests to IV antibiotics, long-term wound dressings, and then also end of life care. So what we've done or what I've done is almost blended traditional models of care and delivery from around the world actually and see quite what kind of works and built a an agile and dynamic integrated care team um, which is nurse-led uh, which then can care for patients but also then fill the gaps in healthcare if it's NHS or private to enhance the experience as an overall thing um, and seeing healthcare as an experience rather than just a a task-based service so that's what I'm doing now so I've got a team of five which is great patients all over London and growing which is fantastic providing so many different ranges um, and seeing what people need out there from hospitals to GP referrals or just word of mouth especially during COVID um, it was validated that people needed blood tests at home the ones that were shielding or just didn't want to go out care needed to continue and we were definitely placed to do that, which is great. It really sounds like you're filling an important gap in healthcare, and it's it's really impressive what you've already established. Something that I'm curious to know about is you've taken, I suppose, a, a, quite a different route to traditional nursing or the traditional nursing career by breaking away and doing your own thing. And of course, there there are many sort of nurse entrepreneurs out there doing things differently to try and break through and, and drive innovation. I'm, re- I'm really curious to know your thoughts about well, what, what was different about you? What, what made you take that leap, do you think? And do you think other nurses are perhaps not given opportunities to think outside the box or it's just kind of not really a standard thing to do for nurses to, to innovate in that way? I think entrepreneurship is not just about business. It's probably a mindset. Mm-hmm. and one that can be trained but if you're more immersed in it you just see it um in some way and that yeah but may relate to business and you might walk down the street and see something and be like oh that'd be like I, it could work like this and it's about a process and matching things together and how it would all come together and nurses do that incredibly well for patients on a very micro scale so it's, it's i think it's understanding that there's transferable skills there 
and there's so many different kind of career paths that you could go into I think that could expand it I mean my first entry into it were, was at university I had loads of friends who were doing business courses who I lived with and all that and I didn't really live with nurses um, but I did one module at university on uh, nursing and entrepreneurship which was done by Stacey Johnson, figure up, which was amazing. And she was my personal shooter. And that probably gave me the bug that it can be done slightly differently. And if you've got an idea, especially if you're a nurse, you've got two ways to kind of run with it. You go to your hierarchy of hospital and they try and work through the process and try and get that done. Or you build a business and build a product out of it, potentially. And that's products, that's things that nurses could use or something like that, which are different. So services is a bit different. But I think at that point, I started seeing nursing and healthcare in a different way uh, i saw it for what it is that it does cost money and the way that you can cost cut and processes and that's matched to people and the way that people provide care and they're educated then it's going to pass over to patients and then the bottom line of healthcare kind of on the invoice so i think it i was very lucky to have that course and i don't think how much it's taught through nursing i don't actually know if it's a module at all in other nursing courses and i think starts from there Definitely. I think it's places where people can come to kind of get ideas and help ideas, right? Because that's one of the difficulty and challenges on my path is there wasn't a lot of nurse entrepreneurs that I could look to that had that understanding of business and nursing and want and trying to bring that together in a way. So I think more role models would love to try and be at some point uh, and help nurses kind of along that journey. Um, but I think it's through education, whether that be at university or that be a CPD accredited module where nurses can come to and learn about it and then see if that changes the way that they think, seeing the way that they perceive healthcare um, and let it grow from there. I think just planting a seed, people will come out with great things. It's fascinating. I didn't realise that you actually had a module on it and that's that's where some of this actually started. That's yeah. such an amazing provision, isn't it, from the, the university to have that. Like yeah, said, it's it's a formal space in which to reflect on things, to learn a bit more about someone else's journey and stimulate some creativity. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely outside of the box of what healthcare sometimes can be. And I think seeing it from a different perspective sometimes, I think it definitely helps. For sure. As your business grows and you work towards your vision, which you've shared with me before, which is really inspiring, what will you do as a leader to ensure your team, the people that work with you or for you, uh, what will you do to ensure that they're getting the most out of work and, and their well-being is, is enhanced or is sort of optimised? Listen to them. I think that, I, that everyone is different. Actually, the cornerstone of the business is personalising healthcare. So if we're going to do it there, we have to do it with our team as well. It doesn't make any sense. And I think understanding people's needs and do they have families or are they young and just kind of started working and they want to do as many hours as possible. So you need to be aware of them having burnout or working too many hours in the week because they've got a full-time job. So I think there's a number of different things that are out there now um, in ways of employee assistance programs and well-being events and companies like yours as well definitely that mm. which i think is amazing because it focuses on the hardships that nurses go through as a profession i mean nurses are the largest employed profession of pretty much any healthcare system in the world so it's right that they have a focus on their well-being 
again, it's that cycle that I spoke of, right? You care for the carers, they'll care for you. Um, I think understanding that a lot more, I think it's easy to say when my team's small. As in if we go to a team of 100 nurses, I think it'll be a little bit more difficult, but I hope that the foundations won't change of personalizing for them. What do you need? You tell us what you need and we can accommodate where we can. And I think nurses are so good at that, but not abusing it in any way, which I think has been done before, abuse nurses' goodwill. I think definitely not doing that. Oh, do you mind? Or making them feel guilty. Oh, this patient really needs you. Uh, it's probably not the way to do things. Yeah, it's, it's quite manipulative in a way, isn't it? It's uh, yeah. making people feel guilty. Yeah. Uh, have you and heard which it? happens on the wards as well, I can imagine. So it's like, oh, no, we're going to be like two nurses down, like you've got to be here. It's like, I'll just work three days. Like <laughs> that kind of balance and understanding. It is that understanding, right? Back and forth between employee and employee. It's person to person. It's all what it comes up come down to i love that individualized approach and it's so important because i think within organizations obviously there's been post covid there's been a lot more focus on well-being in response i say in response but it's more reacting to what's happened with covid right and this sort of increase in stress and mental health difficulties with nurses and, and other healthcare staff and i think one of the criticisms people often have i sort of hear nurses saying this is that the organization's approach to well-being is is not very individualized and of course like in a huge nhs trust or big place it's, it's difficult to speak to every single nurse individually but you can do it in a smaller group and within a team or something to actually get feedback on what people need rather than just saying hey we've got all this stuff you know, go and find the things that you need. It's not really addressing people's needs then, is it? No, it's just kind of putting stuff out there and saying, go find your own way. Yeah. Um, and I think this is where podcasts are so important. I think that's where they have such a positive effect on when the reach that they have is that when you hear and be like, oh, I'm not alone. And I think that's such a powerful thing that even if there were more groups set up for well-being and stress, stuff like that within hospitals, there could be a safe place for people to come and say, okay, I feel stressed. Okay, what's going on? And then you have a nurse that you've never met before who works on Ward 50 and you're on Ward 5. And it's like, oh, yeah, we have, I go through a very similar thing. This is what I did to manage it. So then you start kind of sharing experiences and ideas around. I think that could be a very powerful thing. I think underpinned by technology in some way, probably would be able to connect people together, but definitely more safe places. I think it's to come. I mean, you always got to look for the root cause, right? If it's a system that's broken, it's trying to, you're trying to just plug holes wherever you can, which is very difficult. Definitely. Uh, I've got a question for you just about your perception of nursing and reflecting on your experience of it and where you would ideally like to see things go. So you obviously have your own vision of what you're doing with Liverware but based on your experience so far in the profession and your career, what would you like to see change within nursing? Perhaps whether it's some more of these changes at the educational level or just general changes that are made within the profession, within hospitals, within organisations, within the structure of nursing. I think there's a respect there, but there's also a slight emptiness to the respect that the profession gets. Mm -hmm. I think it's clap on a doorstep and that's like, oh, that's great but actually when they're telling you that they need more resource and they need more people you turn a blind eye 
and it doesn't really make sense in my eyes and I think it's putting them more in the conversation which I think unfortunately which is kind of pushed to the strikes are doing um, and bringing it to the forefront of the conversation of how much they hold healthcare and the glue that kind of binds everything together so I'd like to definitely see them maintain and be at the top table of more innovation definitely um, I've heard of cases of health tech companies where they want to change workforce management and they don't even have a nurse on their board of executives and you're like where's the site to that it doesn't really kind of make sense I think seeing the importance of nursing I think is a real like important thing to do it's where it's going to be seen in terms of making the decisions but also breaking out and doing it on their own like I didn't set up liverware to necessarily start a business like it wasn't like oh I want to start a business and all the fun things that come along with it it was more I want to nurse in the way that I want to nurse and to be able to spend time in a way that I spend we spend time with patients and provide services to patients at home in a different way that's been done before so I think it kind of comes back to the question about entrepreneurship that if you have a lot more nurses that are taking responsibility for their own practice then I think that helps people individualize their healthcare but also then individualize the profession because you're like well I've been a vascular nurse for X amount of time and I can put a cannula into a stone and still get blood out of it. So I was like, okay, cool. So why can't we do something with that? Why is there not a profession that you can go into or your hands are so steady, you could think about aesthetics or something like that for nurses and a understanding of what people want and where healthcare systems are more reactive entering the space of using their knowledge and experience to proactively help people where they seek them out or where they don't, where you can introduce them. And I think that's what Liverware is I hope, hopefully definitely doing is bringing specialists and expert nurses to one place. It's you come to Liverware because you need a nurse consultant who's been a nurse consultant for 30 years in orthopedics. They're there for you. But, oh, you've also got a cardiac issue after that. We've also got a nurse consultant who's on that's 30 years because they've hit their ceiling in the profession in the NHS. And unless they go into management, they just stay there. So now bring an opportunity where people can work privately and use their skills would be a nice thing. Maybe not in such a like capitalist way, but I think there's definitely scope there for nurses to better themselves, better the profession and better kind of communities they serve. Thanks so much for sharing. I really value all your perspectives and something that really strikes me about you from this conversation and previous conversations we've had is how driven by your own values you are. You know, you're talking about this idea of not just starting a business for its own sake and clearly not being motivated just by money. It's really about these things that you care about. And, and that really comes through in the way you talk about, about things and I'm sure will inspire other people and the people that currently work for you as well. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So final question. I'm curious to know. So you know, day to day, you're a busy guy, you are working hard. And obviously, you know, it can be stressful with running a business and managing because I know you do clinical work as well. Just tell us, tell the listeners, what do you do to have fun, to relax, just to manage that stress? Like, what would you do uh, to wind down? And do you have any kind of routine that you use to do that? I had no routine. I think that's probably the best thing about it. That if I got out of my routine and probably stress you more. <laughs> so I kind of keep it fluid as much as possible. Again, I think early doors, I try to learn to manage the stress at the root cause of it. So manage the things that cause you to be stressed. 
is it time pressures or is it work deadlines or is it something like that and understanding what triggers you mm-hmm. um and i then i don't want to say stay away from them but staying on top of them definitely and i think it, i'm in a very i say fortunate position as a business owner now as i get to fire myself from as many jobs as possible so the things that give me the stress i can start to find people who like doing that as a job but what i do kind of i also enjoy stress at times uh, which is a weird thing but i do see it as a hormone that's there within us for a reason and i think if you listen to your body something stressing you has probably got some important and i think listening to yourself within that and trying to really work out how important is it to me how stressful is it making me am i just being lazy i think that's why so many people get essays done just before deadline mm-hmm. because that pressure does kind of evoke something within you and being able to be self aware of that articulate it and then the next step is managing that right i'm going to put myself under a little bit of stress at this point because i know that's going to probably give me the best outcome for me in this way like you do at the gym like you do in sports so bringing that kind of into a life area and i think i try to practice stoicism in a way and kind of release stress where i can it doesn't always work um Yeah, it doesn't always work. <laughs> But it, it you, you try. This is the thing and I think it's a it's an ongoing development. It will never it'll never be perfect. You know, it's like a stress-free life. But then does anyone want a stress-free life completely? Sounds pretty boring to me, to be honest. And I think one thing that really changed my life was music. I think when I left work and I was building the business and getting CPC registration, I listened to like 64,000 minutes of Spotify in under a year. Um which is a lot of time. And understanding songs in a different way and how they're put together and like time kind of within it where a lot happens within a 4 or 5 minute track it kind of really gives you again a different perspective um for me it did anyway um and that's definitely something that I enjoy is when I'm on the way to patients or having your headphones in noise cancelling on to know that you can hear anyone else and just vibing i think that's <laughs> such a yeah it's such a great way to just spend dead time sometimes um yeah. so yeah I'm, if you ever see me on the train I'm probably that guy like bobbing along <laughs> I was vibing earlier in the co-working space that I I work in as bobbing it's infectious head. right this is yes. the thing people are like oh yeah I love that let me put something on I love it I, I was a little bit self-conscious of the fact that I might have been distracting other people with my movement because everyone else is just completely still and then you can control yourself not other people fair stoicism <laughs> you see <laughs> by the way thank you so much for sharing that there's some really lovely uh takeaways from what you were talking about with with stress there and stuff that i you know really believe in myself and there's actually some of the stuff that i, I teach other people with the work i do but you know stress actually is there to help us ultimately and it's really only when it's being activated in a kind of chronic diffuse way that it's really problematic and and we can all learn to harness it and it sounds like you actually consciously do that and and recognize its value so that's something to try to do that that's the thing not always but i think again accepting that that it's never going to be perfect and it's an ongoing process that you learn next time which yeah is important i think to really ground yourself in that with the whole thing the journey love it Well, Herman, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and I just wish you the best of luck with what you're doing. It's amazing. Uh, great. Thank you so much for having me and I'm sure we'll catch up again soon. Um and same back to you as well. I think that you're doing and 
the name itself and the trademark that you got on the name is great and that's well being missioned so that's fantastic um i think it's really going to help a lot of people out there and i'm excited to see that journey as well cheers